This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Assalamu alaikum and welcome. My name is Noor and this is This Muslim Girls Podcast. This podcast was created as an outlet for myself to carry dialogues of open communication between different Muslim women about different topics. But it also serves as a resource for women to have a platform to share their narratives of their experiences with struggle and success. I think more now than ever, Muslim women are being underrepresented and misrepresented, not only in our communities, but in the media. And I believe it is time that we create a space where we can hold the microphone and be able to truly and genuinely speak our truths. Thank you for listening in, and I hope you enjoy the following episode. Today, I have a special guest with me, a woman who is a friend, a sister, and an inspiration. Her name is Anissa Saleh. She is a conceptual artist currently living in San Francisco. She graduated with her master's in fine arts in 2014 and since then has been featured in shows in multiple cities, including a residency she finished in New York, where she had two solo shows, and uh, a group show thereafter in Washington, D.C. Hi, Anissa, and welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, thank you for having me. I knew I wanted you on the show for many reasons, not only because you're like one of my best friends, but because um, I wanted to specifically talk about how you use your art um, to kind of illustrate your experience as a Muslim Yemeni woman. Um, so I wanted to start off with just maybe asking you about a couple of things. As a Yemeni Muslim, you like to direct your audience into your work. There's actually a post that is on your Instagram and you wrote, all my life I had to fight. And under it, you quoted, my art is my life, story, and secrets. Now, why is that? Like, why do you want to allow people into your life in that way? So when I, when I wrote that and posted it on Instagram, it had to do with um, people constantly asking me, you know, why do you always have to feel like you have to let people in your life for them to understand your art or to understand work? Like, why are you always in it? Mm-hmm. Um, I have always been an autobiographist. So everything that I've made has to do with a situation I was in or has to do with um, something that I'm dealing with in life. And I try to invite the viewer into my life because I want them to see sort of beyond the hijab and beyond the Arab culture that I come from and just to only see the situation or to see what it is that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So like in the art piece, the conversation that I had with my mother, Oh, I love that piece. Thank you. About me moving and going to New York, I wanted people to see that not just the struggle, not just the culture, not just, you know, me having to have this uncomfortable conversation with my mother, but to see the mother-daughter relationship because we all, no matter what culture you come from, you want your parents to be proud of you. You want them to be a part of your life decisions and be okay with the decisions you make in life. So that's, I want people... I guess just to look past it, look past the religion, look past the culture and just see that there's a person there who is dealing with the same things that we all are dealing with. And 
has that been easy? I mean, you you show in in many different places. I'm sure you've had many different audiences react to your work. Is that always the case that they're able to look at it objectively and in, in the different ways that you want them to, or is it kind of just always like, oh, it's like this pitiful Muslim girl like struggling, or you know what I mean? How do you get them to perceive it in a way that isn't always tied to how you are, who you are on the outside? I deal with that a lot in editing. I try to, I, I kind of feel lucky or, um, yeah, sort. I sort of have like an advantage because I come from both cultures. So I can see it as like this, you know, American who's looking at this person from this different culture. That's what I, I always try to like remove myself from who I am and think like, okay, well, if my viewer saw this, what would my viewer be saying? Would they see this and say, gosh, this poor like, poor Arab girl, here she is oppressed again. Or are they going to see the situation? So I redo it over and over and over again until I feel like, okay, the situation here is being projected more or being projected stronger than my actual image. Mm -hmm. So far, it's been good. I've had um, great feedback. I've had a couple of people who have said like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize, you know, that Muslim women go through this, but it didn't even really matter because we all we all go through these situations and that always makes me feel successful in the end yeah definitely because I mean if you look at it it's even like you know and I don't want to kind of jump ahead because this is something I wanted to talk to you about later on but even just the idea of age and in a woman's status with her age that's not just something that translates in our Arab culture like sure it's it's still I think more um practiced or it's a little bit more taboo but if you look at most of the stuff that we deal with it's it's probably more saturated in our culture but it's existed in the western culture before it might not today but it used to and it stemmed from it and I feel like people when they can look at these things objectively they will realize that it's something that they can relate to if they if they open up their mind enough to like view it in that way yeah I try to take in, like, just in everyday life, it's really unfortunate, but I've had people on multiple times tell me that I am not American, and that always pisses me off and, like, (laughs) further fuels me in making art to try to say, like, okay, well, I just have to make them work harder on realizing that American doesn't mean white, American doesn't mean black, it doesn't mean, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything that has to do with another person's background or, or where their ancestors or descendants are from it's about whether mm-hmm. they were born and raised here or whether they have a u.s citizenship they're american it's not it's not about any of those other things and i mean what's more american than being unique and i thought you know america was known as the melting pot so if you're not going to be a part of that you know diversity then you know, I don't, I don't think that American necessarily has a definition. Yeah, well, also the, the melting pot concept, it's really interesting because a lot of people think, well, it is a melting pot. We're all mixed in together. But that actual mm-hmm. thing, that actual like saying came from from saying that, well, all of our when we come into America, we let everything else melt away. And that's how we become this melting pot, because we let go of everything and we assimilate. And now we are all Americans. I disagree with that. So you'd say we're a fruit salad? <laughs> yes, we're a fruit salad. You talked a little bit about how maybe outsiders or people who aren't necessarily Arab or Arab-American, how they view your art and how they come to understand it. And you've said you've had kind of a positive reaction to that. Yes. 
Although I'm sure that if, you know, it was something that was really publicized, you'd have so many different reactions, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the reaction from your Yemeni community or the the Arab side of, of, you know, the Arab community towards your art? Have people been viewing it? What's their reaction? What are they saying about it? Okay, so let me think. As far as like my family, they've they've been supportive. They actually have never been um, to any of my shows or really seen my art, but they support my decision in being an artist and they're fine with that. Um, Arabs who viewed my art, I've never, I haven't like had a one-on-one meeting with any of them. When I had the show in DC, there there was um, a big Middle Eastern community that came and showed up. I don't think it was because of me it was a group show and there was a lot of diversity in that show um Mm -hmm. but the middle easterners that were there they came up to me and they said that they were very proud to have an arab um being represented and showing her work and that they felt um that my work was very strong and they were able to relate to it in new york there wasn't that it was the same thing there were a lot of um people from like turkey and a couple of people from pakistan who who said the same thing they said the work was brave and that they were really appreciative of um of it being so honest and that they were really able to relate in that way so it's always been positive i haven't had a negative response so go going back to what you said your art is very honest and i think anyone that has seen it which if you haven't, you should, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put in your social media at the end so that people can see some of your work. But I know I've talked to people who've seen your stuff through, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff like that. And um, when it comes to what I've seen from the Yemeni community or Yemeni girls that I've talked to about it, they're just really, I think it's refreshing to see a Yemeni woman be so honest and comfortable. But I'm not sure, how do you think that most Yemeni people would take your art because let's be honest there's not a lot of girls who are comfortable with putting themselves out there it's it's a very vulnerable place to be and most girls that are artists tend to kind of go that very uh, technical aesthetic route not very conceptual not really talking about problems I know you love to bring things to the forefront you like to open discussions you like to kind of agitate people a little bit so Imagine you come back to the Central Valley and you have a show here and you show all your work. What do you think the reaction would be? I think the younger woman would be proud. I, don't, I think that they would be happy and they would see it and be like, yes, yes. And I think that um, the males would probably frown upon it or just be like, why is she always showing her image and her work? Or, you know, that's very taboo in our culture. Like, you're not supposed to, like, show yourself or something. <laughs> You can't be in pictures or you can't be in public and like those types of things are frowned upon. It's funny because we view that kind of silly now, right? Growing up here, not understanding that Yeah, but that it was such really. a fear for me as a younger, as a younger woman, that was such a fear, a fear for me. I had, you know, no social media, but well, I didn't really have to grow up with social media. So I was lucky in that sense. But as I got older, I was still like, okay, worried, like Facebook won't have my picture. It'll just be, you know, something else or it'll be a piece of artwork or it'll be, you know, a flower or something like it won't be me. <laughs> um, and the same goes for, for like, oh, being and I remember in undergrad, 
um, we did this art project and there was a photo of me, somebody from the Bakersfield, California and took it. And I was on the, I was in the newspaper and my face was in the newspaper. I remember I was so that. nervous and I was like, oh no, like what is my family going to say? What are people going to say? You know, you're not supposed to have like your image out there. It's like, it's I or And was there a reaction to that? Well, my family were, they were actually um, happy. They were like, you know, it's something positive. It's not like you're on Mm -hmm. there doing something horrible. Like you're not on there, you know, exposing yourself or doing something terrible. Like you're out there producing art and that's okay. So they were, they were okay with it. But it's like an an inner fear. I think that's placed in us at a young age. I don't know. I don't, I can't remember when that, that came about growing up but I do I just remember it being like oh yeah we're not supposed to be you know in pictures and constantly telling people like oh well don't post this and don't post that because I'm in it and always the constant fear of like being exposed see I'm not like necessarily thinking when it started it's it's all I've ever known for me personally I'm more interested to find out when did it start becoming okay because I feel like there's kind of this push for uh kind of normalizing the idea of like hey I can put my face out there people can see my face and know who I am it's not that big of a deal like what's gonna happen if you know as long I think there's also this like difference between putting yourself out there in a very vain way you know like selfies or Mm -hmm. but then if you're like posting a photo of something that you're doing especially if it's something for the you know for for the betterment of your community or for whatever then it's kind of seen as a little bit more acceptable but yes I agree it's still taboo yeah um I, but I would lo- I would love for you to come back and do an art show here I would love to um, <laughs> I would love to I kind of want to we'll talk definitely to plan that. you know some undergrad people and see if we can do something at the Todd that Madigan would be, that'd be cool that would be really cool well for me I think the fear stopped as far as like having my photo in public about mm-hmm see in 2013 you remember I remember because that's when I was in grad school and I had multiple conversations with my with my advisor Lynn Kirby and she would would notice how shy I would be about oh well this is the work I made and I'm in it but I don't want it to be in a show because and then it's going to be written about or it's going to be and she would say Anissa like how are how are you supposed to be an artist if you can't show your work how are you why yes. are you making this work if you don't want anybody to see it are you just making it for yourself to like hide away like what are you, what are you doing and so slowly slowly I just got the courage and said okay well here I'll show my classmates like this is a safe space okay well all right I'll have it in this in this show or I'll do this and then I started realizing like how stupid it was and how ridiculous the concept is and just like why I don't I don't need to care about what, what if they see me if they say something then that's on them if they want to say something negative. But what are they really going to say? Oh, Anissa was in an art show? Yeah, she's an artist. Of course she was in an art show. It just like <laughs> became so ridiculous to me. No, I and I completely agree. I remember, and I'm sure you remember, when I, we were in undergrad in art school, I put myself in a lot of my work. And I can guarantee you that half of those, if they were printed, they no longer live anywhere. Like I would destroy them just because you didn't, you didn't want those type of things to live. Like you made a statement, you had it in a like class critique and then that's it. You didn't want other people to see it. I put myself in a lot of my work because it was a reflection of how Mm -hmm. I felt or, you know, how I was, um, you know, expressing myself about something, but then you, you didn't want people to see it. And that's, that's interesting. I don't know if I've gotten to your point yet, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing that you've gotten past that because 
I feel like that would have been a barrier ultimately for you, you know? Yeah. I, I even tried to go the anonymous route. Nothing worked. <laughs> it's just like, no, it's not going to work. I can't be anonymous because my whole it's, thing it's is... It's not possible anymore. Yeah, it's not. So recently you also posted something where um, it was... Was it a, a GIF? GIF? I don't know how you pronounce that. It was like a video and it had to do um, with age, oh, correct? I'm... Yes. Yeah. Um, you want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so that work titled uh, Anis, which is like the Arabic word for old maiden, um, it basically just came out of frustration of the whole being 35 or approaching at that time. I was approaching 35. I'm 35 now. Uh, approaching <laughs> 35 and having to deal with that whole like, oh, you're not married. You've never been married. Now you're 35. What are you going to do? What's going to happen? What's wrong with you? Like, why does nobody wants to marry you? Like, all those issues just kind of came into play. And so I wanted to just to make something that that's sarcastic, that's sort of like, sort of like satire in a way, but still serious. Mm -hmm. And I took um, these photos of me where the first one you see, it's just me sitting there um, with my normal face. And then every with every next photo, um, I, my face starts molding and start I start expiring or start becoming honest, like more and more honest as it goes until the end where I'm completely covered in mold. And I made it, you know, for not just for me to kind of laugh at the situation and just another another like way for me to be like, OK, this is ridiculous. This is a, an outside an outside like negative response to me and the way I'm living my life and I just need to laugh at it and let it go just kind of like a lot what I do in my work anyway I try to make it funny or I, it's just the way I I react to things and mm -hmm. I wanted like women who are in my situation or who are even younger than me or are worried they're already worried like at 22 23 and they're like oh wait I need or to start thinking or 26 <laughs> but I mean like even as young as 22 as 23 are starting to freak out and think oh well I'm not getting a lot of prospects or I need more, more guys should be asking for me or, you know, and then it starts getting to 25 and 26 and you really start freaking out thinking like, okay, I'm going to be 30 and not married and, you know, why? And this is crazy, but really, no, it's not crazy. If you have faith and you know that nothing is wrong with you just because you're not married, like nothing's wrong with you. You're living your life. You're doing what you want to do. That's all that really matters. Whatever you have near you is what you have, you know, to go off of and sometimes those aren't necessarily the type of people that you want to pursue or be with and so I'm really proud of girls that are not settling and that are you know kind of coming to to terms with you know what I'm not gonna let age define me and my happiness and my status the way that we've been conditioned to believe that it does within our culture and obviously this isn't a new you know uh, so this isn't something new for you because you are 35 now. I'm sure you started feeling the pressure at what age? 22? Yeah. Yeah. 22. So, you know, for Early over 20s. 10 years, you've, I'm sure, heard the worst of it. Um, does it Does it ever change? Do you change? Do you just not care anymore? Like, how, how did that work out for you? I mean, you don't stop caring. It just stops. It, does, it doesn't bother me as much anymore. Like, I remember... Um, family members like, saying things to me like um, you could have been more open about the men who came and asked for you or uh, if you wanted to you could have been married by now or you know a family member even asked me if I was a lesbian 
<laughs> you know, it's just it's such silly, ridiculous thing. Like the blame, right? Because there has to be a reason why you're yeah. single. Like the blame is constantly put on the woman, and that's another reason why I made that piece. I was kind of like reflecting on all the ridiculous things that were said to me and like asked of me, why, why, why aren't you married? Like, why don't you have a man in your life? I'm like, whoa, you mean wait, should I go get me one? Like, is that gonna be okay with you? Because no, of course it's not. Um, so I just, and there's nothing wrong with following, you know, the footsteps of Sayyidatna Khadija, you know, yeah, <laughs> and exactly. But oh, I just, that that in itself is also seen as taboo in our culture. It is very. A woman very, does not pursue a man. It's more than taboo. It's like not allowed, not okay. She can be called some really bad things. Just you know, asking to do it. Uh, I don't. I hope the the work portrayed a silliness or like a a sarcasticness of me just sitting there patiently rotting because that's really Mm -hmm. you know what people kind of like say to you I've had I've had people say this to me in our community in the Yemeni community at get-togethers like oh you're just sitting there wasting away I have I've had a family member said you're letting your your youth go to waste as if well who's my youth for if I'm letting it go to waste is it not for me like this is my youth my life or is it supposed to be enjoyed with someone else? Like, I'm having a fine time. I live my life. I'm happy. I, I see you married and I see you struggle. Like, I don't have those <laughs> right? stress. I don't have that, that stress. And, you know. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So and it's fine. not to say that, you know, and I, I feel like people misunderstand what we say sometimes and in reaction to that as us like protesting marriage and that's not the case at at all all. I don't think anyone you know wants to I mean maybe there are I'm not gonna say all but I know from my experience it's not a protest to it it's just me saying that I know what will make me happy and I won't settle for anything less and it's not me being picky it's not me feeling superior towards anyone else it's just me wanting to choose to be happy and I can still be happy you know taking my time you know what I mean I'd rather do that than to get my get myself into like you know a really shitty situation and then 
then what that community that pressured you into getting married isn't going to be there for you when you're struggling and you're going to have to get a divorce and we've seen that happen over and over and I feel like mm-hmm. girls are paying attention and they're becoming wise and they're saying I'm not going to fall for that yeah you know exactly. you can talk to the girls who were divorced and they will tell you take your time don't get married don't rush don't fall into the pressure you know um I wanted to talk a little bit about still on the topic of age and marriage um we know that this is not only something that's taboo in our culture, right? So even in the Western culture, any culture really, a woman getting older and who is single or unmarried, there's always still that double standard for us. Um, I think that that kind of spans over all cultures. But what what experiences or what do you think makes it a little bit different for being Arab or Yemeni? What, what makes it, I guess, more difficult? Is it that we're just, uh, our culture comes from you know, kind of like an outdated I- ideology still? We haven't progressed enough to understand a little bit more? What is it? I don't th- I don't even think it's that. It really isn't that different. The main thing that I, that, that's been my experience is the, the blame, the putting it on the woman, the making it feel like something, sh- there's something wrong with her. I don't mm-hmm. see that a lot. Um, like in American culture, you, you kind of do, you, you see it a little, but it's worse in, in my, it's been my experience like in my experience it's been worse because it's like oh well what is this person going to say about you what are the what are people going to say about you we're always worried about reputation so it's like if you're not married by a certain age your reputation starts looking a little shady like people start looking at you a little differently or wondering mm-hmm. why um, I've been at at other like Yemeni get-togethers and women have asked me like like, but why? Why aren't you married? Like, what's wrong with you? Is there something wrong? Like, what happened? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, no. Yeah, Anissa, I, I get these, asked these questions about you. People are curious about, well, what is she doing? It, the first question people ask me about you is, how's Anissa doing? Is she still single or is she married? That's the first question they ask about you. And it's weird because these people don't really know you. And there's so much more to you. Like, if people knew you, they'd know there's so much more to you. But... That seems to be kind of the focus, right? Isn't it? Like, yeah, that's that's really it. It's like we're defined. It, it, that, by it's it. like that's your value as a woman, and it, that's what really pisses me off. It makes me very angry to he, you know to to hear that. I know, I know that they that's what they ask, and they ask that of my mom, my poor mother who has to deal with these issues. I, you know, <laughs> my brothers tell me all the time, like, mom's not gonna be happy and be relaxed until you're married, and I'm like, well, I'm sorry, like give me somebody worth a damn and maybe I'll consider it. But if you don't, then why, why is it my issue? Why is it my problem? It's not, it's not mm-hmm. my fault that these men were uneducated, previously married with a bunch of kids. Some wanted to practice polygamy. Like that's not my, my fault. These were men right. who I felt like there was no way that we would get along. And if I don't mm-hmm. see compatibility, I'm not going to waste my time. So I feel like, with with that type of mindset a lot of girls are just and women are really branching out they're really just getting fed up and saying I'm not going to define myself by the status of you know my my relationship and so they're really going out and doing some pretty amazing things like just within my own community I've noticed girls are are you know branching out they're just doing some really amazing things. I mean, you're you're an artist. I have friends at like UC Santa Barbara and um you know, just going off and 
really pursuing their dreams. And I feel like that's kind of a blessing in disguise, isn't it? Like that pressure that we get about marriage really has pushed us to maybe do something that otherwise maybe we wouldn't have done if we were comfortable, if we were complacent, you know? It pushes us. It makes us stronger. It makes us way more determined. When somebody tells you you can't do this or you can't do that, and you have that ambition and the motivation and the the smarts to do it, it really, it becomes beyond culture. It becomes like beyond, you know, what they consider inappropriate or appropriate. It becomes like, you know what, this is what I know is right and I'm going to go for it because I know that I am not doing anything wrong. I'm not breaking any sins. I'm not doing anything immoral. Like this is what I'm going to do. And then your, your family will come, at, they'll come and they'll come to realize that. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with my life. I know that the whole marriage thing still bothers my family, but who knows, you know, maybe in the future I will get married. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Being a, a culture of kind of imitation, do you think people will slowly start adjusting and maybe accepting this? Do you see a future where our Yemeni community will be a lot more open about women pursuing a lot more than just a basic education and then, you know, kind of going back to domestic duties? I think definitely. I already seen a change. I'm I'm 35 years old. I'm 10 years older than you are. When I first started college, it was just like me and maybe two, three other girls who are Yemeni, you know, Yemenis in college. And now the colleges are full. They're graduates. They're out there. They're doing stuff. I've, you know, met girls here in the Bay Area who are doing amazing things. So I think it is changing. I think families are starting to realize. I, I think that my family, my both my sister and I, when we first started um, going to school and started learning how to drive and all that, we got a lot of uh, pressure from the Yemeni community. And that was kind of like why my family, sort we sort of disconnected and just started doing our own thing and not really being active in the community because it just became too much to deal with. We really didn't mm-hmm. care about them and their back talk. So we did our own thing. And just from that point to now, I've seen so many like girls who are going, I mean, high school used to be an issue. <laughs> going to high school was an issue. Oh, no doubt. We, we have people in our community who got pulled out at sixth grade, yeah. eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, and this you know, wasn't long ago. It sounds like it's a long ago, time ago, no. but this is girls my age and your age, yeah, I know. unfortunately. So I, I see it changing, and I think that when they start seeing women like me, women like you, who are are doing just fine, who are, are like graduating and working and are doing just fine and can still you know hold their dignity and hold their head high. They see that and they it, it changes mm-hmm. their mind. They realize like, oh wait, we need to let these backwards way of thinking, you know, go. Our daughters need to be happy. Our daughters are amazing women. They're smart. They're intelligent. They're beautiful, and they can do they can do this. I am very hopeful, and I hope that what you say happens. I hope sometimes that a little too much, people become a little. Um, I should say. I'll say it. it's mostly the men. I mean, women too, but women are sometimes, they're brainwashed by the men. But, you know, they, they become a little insecure and they fear not having control. And then they just, they regress back so much. And I feel like I have seen that a little bit in our in our community where um, they sense things are getting a little bit out of hand. And so they start becoming even more strict and try placing like these new barriers. But um, I know a lot of my listeners are going to be 
you know, girls in high school, um, you know, Yemeni or Arab or just Muslim in general, in high school and college, you know, all ages, but mostly for the youth. I'm sure they're interested to know how did someone like you who came from a small town in a very conservative community get to the point where, you know, you're you're leaving to New York to do a residency in your own show. You're not, you know, a doctor, you're an artist and you know, alhamdulillah, like your family is very supportive of it. But how did you how did you get to that point? Was it, you know, was it a long journey? I'm sure. It was a long journey. I think it's still happening. There's still so much that I want to do, and I know it's going to make my mom pull her hair out some more. (laughs) (laughs) So I I know there's there's still a long way to go. I still want to do so many things. Um, It's just, it's slow. It's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of talking. That's always been really hard for me. It's really hard for me to Is there compromise? There is compromise. I feel like I've compromised my whole life. And I feel like that's kind of why I haven't done as much as I want to do by by 35. So there is there is a lot of compromise. Like I know that I'm first generation. I know that this is all new for my mom. Uh, my father passed away when I was Alayhana. 12 years old. That's why I don't talk too much about him. I always uh, authority to me is my mom. <laughs> so mama is mama and baba. <laughs> yeah, it's mama and baba. So. Um, But of course, I also have my brothers, too, to deal with. And there's three of them. So it's like my mom and my three dads. But it's just constant talking and and proving them wrong. If they say, if they think like, oh, well, this is not good. This is, you know, this can, it's never, they're never worried or they never ever were worried about the decisions that I would make. They were always just worried about the the stuff around me. Oh, you might get hurt. Oh, you might get, you know. The fears, like the regular fears, kidnapping, right. rape, murder, what like, they always well, go, to, they the go to the worst. Right. We're Arabs. Right. We're very dramatic. They go to the worst. You're gonna you wanna learn how to drive, you're gonna drive off a bridge, you're gonna die. Like it's always like the worst. So once they saw the the more I did it and hey, I came back home and I'm safe and I'm sound and, and nothing happened. One piece. You know, actually positive things happened. Look at all this great stuff that happened to me when I went, you know, to this trip. And, and I show that to them and I communicate that with them. And then uh, eventually they just said, okay, they're fine. You know, eventually they just like, oh, okay, she's a grown woman. She knows what she's doing. She's very responsible. And it just comes with time. And I'm sure like your reality is different than a lot of girls. I know a lot of girls will say this is something that will never be an option for me. You know, Trust they me, come I was from. There. I was there. I was homeschooled in high school. I wasn't even allowed to go to a public school. I wasn't. Oh. This was. I wasn't, so you've come. A I wasn't far, even oh, allowed oh to. You know the whole whole thing about driving, the whole education. That's why it really hits home to me because that's who I was. I was homeschooled in high school. I wasn't. You know, no. They were like, no, we don't want you to. You know, this can happen. That can happen. Drugs, teenage pregnancy. God knows what. There, all these fears, and so they didn't want me to be around that. But you move on. They start seeing like, hey, you know what? She went out that day and she came home and everything was okay. Yeah. They get over it. Trust me. Inshallah. You just I have mean, to have those conversations as uncomfortable as they are. They That conversation I had with my mom at 34 years old telling her, I'm about to go do this artist residency in New York and you're going to be upset, but you're going to have to deal with it. That was the I hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. Yeah, I watched it so many times and it felt like that was my mom. And I, I mean, I know your mom and I adore your mom. 
I felt like that was my mom on the other line and I felt like that was me. I feel like even if we don't have the same story, any girl can put herself in that position and like it'll hit home. To be able to like open up to your mom about something so so hidden deep down inside, you know, I don't think we're over our true selves in front of our parents because we fear that we like even just letting out the idea of something you want to do, even though you know you won't do it, there's a fear because then they will not necessarily hold it against you, but they'll always remember that you want to do something as as radical as whatever it is, right? Even if it's like, I want to travel. But to them, you know, and in our culture and also in our dean, you know, parents are are first and foremost and, you know, you you give up a little bit of yourself for them. So I want to know, I mean, mashallah, you've been able to accomplish a lot from most people's perspective, but I know you're capable of so much more. I know you've only like, chipped away at like what you really want to do so what can we look forward to inshallah like moving forward so much i mean there's there's so much to do especially now that trump is going to be president i mean there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be bodies and bodies of work that'll be on another episode we'll talk about that another time <laughs> um i am really ambitious about an artist collective idea that i have had for a few years now and it's finally coming together i have um a group so far we're four total but i really want to have five um but maybe it'll grow even more we'll see and i it's a um a middle eastern artist collective of all women and um you know badass women that are going to make some really cool art together and i have ideas about where these art shows should happen i don't want to say too much about it because ideas get stolen (laughs) oh man i thought i was going to get some like juicy information about what's coming up next but it's not going to be your your typical art show and it won't be your typical art collective and i think that's what i'm most proud of about this idea i'm very excited about it and i've already been scouting places and thinking about what we're going to do and what we're going to show and that kind of stuff. Very exciting. Oh, I'm really, really excited. And um, I just I just know you're capable of like so many amazing things. And I, I'm like so happy to call you everything that I can call you from a sister to a best friend to a mentor to I to feel so the same things. way about you. I really do. Oh, you so inspire me so much. So I wanted to wrap it up with just one more question. Um, I know in our communities, when a woman is able to do something out of the ordinary and excel towards it. She kind of becomes an example by default to a lot of youth who can relate to her and who look up to her. How do you feel about kind of holding that position and maybe even on a greater scale moving forward, inshallah, once you roll out all these amazing projects that you have? Like, how do you feel moving forward with the type of artwork you want to create, but also just your presence within, you know, the Arab community? I try... So when I when I make art, when I'm in there in the studio and I'm thinking about my work, it is a lot about my own experience. And then afterwards, I, I also think about the viewer and I know that my viewers are going to be women like me, women of my likeness. They're going to be Muslim, they're going to be Middle Eastern, they're going to be dealing with the same issues. So and a lot of them are going to be very young. And I always take that into consideration because I have younger nieces who I want. I want them to look at me and be proud of me and say like, oh, well, you know, she's someone who went through education and she's someone who um, expresses herself and it's fine. Like it's, it's a good thing. So mm-hmm. I always keep that in mind. 
how do you feel about having that kind of presence like does it intimidate you a little bit do you kind of welcome it as a challenge do you expect it I welcome it and I accept it because I I like to think of like the woman in my family are very strong we they are my mom is the strongest person I know and so are my oldest sisters they've been through a lot in life and I I'm really proud of them and their strength and I feel like I have that as well and Mm -hmm. If I can inspire someone or make them feel like, oh, wow, she did it and she's doing great, I can do it too, then that's something that I feel proud about. I try to produce work that I'm proud of. I don't put anything out there that I'm not okay with. Like if I think, hey, this might be a little too inappropriate. Like if it's, there are, there is some work that I make just for myself. Right. <laughs> Where I like, I make it and then I'm like, okay, I let it out. Now it's good. I don't need, I don't need to share this. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is some... But everything that I put out, it's because I'm proud of it and it's making a statement and it's trying to reach out to whoever, whoever reacts to it. And, and I love your sense of confidence and like honesty. It's really refreshing. Um, and it's just, you know, it's not expected. It, there's not a lot of women, Yemeni women who are that comfortable talking about what you're able to talk about and kind of put themselves out there. So um, thank you for doing that. And you know, the purpose of this podcast and why I wanted to create it was because I wanted to spotlight women like you and women's narratives that are highly underrepresented and underestimated, not only by the people within our community or by the men within our community, but even the larger American community who sometimes um, view us through a one-sided lens and like to paint a picture of who they think that we are. And I feel like it's finally time that we speak up and we're unapologetic and we can tell our stories and not have to worry about backlash from our Western culture or our Arab culture. So I really appreciate you coming on with me and just being so honest and sharing your story. And I'm looking forward to what you have moving forward and also definitely having you back. Um, where can f- people find you so that they can view some of the pieces that I know we talked about and just to see overall, like, you know, the, the pieces you've been able to put together? Yeah, uh, they can find my work at my website, www.anisasaleh.com, or um, more loosely on Instagram. You can see some work on there, um, and the Instagram is anisasaleart. Yes, and I'll have, like, all the links to that um, in the show notes. So be sure to check that out and follow her so that you can keep up to date because I am telling you, inshallah, there's going to be some pretty amazing things in the future. So thank you, Anissa. Thank you for having me and thank you for creating the space for us. to. Thank you for listening in and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and follow This Muslim Girls podcast on all social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also visit the blog thismuslimgirl.com where you can find all content information from this and all previous episodes. Are you a hunter or an outdoor enthusiast? Take your love for firearms to the next level with Goat Guns. Our miniatures are an ideal addition to your hunting gear or cabin decor. Each model is meticulously crafted, capturing the essence of legendary firearms. Celebrate your passion for the outdoors by displaying these stunning pieces. With Goat Guns, you can showcase your love for hunting and firearms in a unique and artistic way. Explore our collection now and embrace your outdoor spirit at GoatGuns.com.
May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com.